Welcome to Thus Spoke He-Man. Welcome back. This is episode four of the only podcast with the guts to expose the deep hidden connections between Thus Spoke Zarathustra and He-Man. Wake up, Shable. The truth is out there. It's all connected. My name is Sifrel, and I am not joined by Henrik today. I know you're all disappointed that your favorite host is missing, but he is out there auditioning to be the voice of a new GPS app. So that's very exciting. But instead of Henrik, I have a guest host with me today. Because, as you know, last time I got some uh, listener feedback from someone who was just very negative. Not at all a very nice person, just like a real hater. Uh, and, uh, you know, love to all my haters, hashtag blessed, hashtag love to haters, hashtag fuck you. Um, but I won't let that get me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again, as a wise man once said. So uh, I've I've been talking to some people, and I was in the laundry room of my building. And there I talked to a very nice young man, very, very handsome, very clean skin. And uh, I told him about this show, told him about I was uh, reading... Zarathustra and watching He-Man, and he started to get really excited. And I thought, wow, someone out there gets it. Someone finally understands my grand vision here. So, seeing as I didn't have a co-host for the week, I invited him on. Say hello to uh, my co-host. Hi, I'm Dave. Hello, Dave. Well, that's a very common name you have. Yes. yes. Are you excited to, uh, to get into this? I am hugely excited. I mean, I have been, uh, you could say I've been waiting for this my entire life. It's, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's good to finally be uh, simpatico, uh, you know, on the same wavelength. Exactly. As someone, yes. We are completely in tune, I feel, here. We shall make something big of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some, some, something, something moderately big, yeah. And I actually have a, an ad here that I, uh, that I should read out, but... Uh... I mean, I've been thinking about this whole sponsorship thing, and I don't—I just don't know if it's for me. <sighs> you know, I'm kind of like a—you know—I'm a millennial, and I'm like a like a socialist, but not really, and like a communist kind of. So, uh, so yeah, this whole money thing and capitalism thing—I don't—I don't just don't think it's really for me. So I think I may just—I uh, think I'm gonna skip this ad. It's humiliating to haul yourself out like that for. Well, simple money. If you've got alternative options for for monetizing the podcast, I mean that's great. Well, maybe it doesn't need to be monetized. I mean, I don't have a job, but I'm sure I'm get I'm gonna get a job sooner or later. So so it's fine. I can move in with my parents or something. I, I I'm starting to accept the ways of the of the universe. I think I think you should do that. I I don't really feel like. Well, think about it this way. If you don't monetize it now, you'll you'll never get success. You'll never be successful. You'll never you'll never get the power you deserve. Oh, yeah. No. I'm sorry. Uh well, let's get into some Zarathustra. Did you read this? Uh yeah, yeah. I, I read it. Sort of. I mean, it's kinda of boring. Yeah. I mean it's not the most uh electrifying book, but uh it's got some good stuff in it. So uh, this is the chapter three we're on here, and it's called Unbelievers in a World Behind. Did you have any thoughts about it? I kind of like the the idea of a a world behind. Hmm. Uh, Of course, uh, Zarathustra doesn't. Yes. 
So maybe we should just get into this from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so uh, basically, that's a very clear through line in this chapter. And that is that Zarathustra, he don't like God. Nope. He thinks you shouldn't believe in a God. And if you uh, do believe in a God, you are sick and perverted. Yes. And that's a, that's a very, um, you know, empowering standpoint to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, it's kind of like a, kind of like in communism where you uh, you reject religion and the grounds of it being like opium for the people and all that. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure you could spin this to fit any ideology. Okay, you're not a communist. Not exactly. Okay. Well, um, Zarathustra used to be like uh, other humans that believe in a god and something beyond the human. He says he was like all believers in a world behind. And he uses this term, a world behind, yeah, a lot. It's like he's trying to monetize that. Yeah, well, no. I'm trying to get a catchphrase. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, well, uh, back when Zarathustra believed in God, the world was like colored smoke, and it was like the work of a suffering and tortured God. He says... To look away from himself was what the creator wanted, so he created the world. The god that Zarathustra used to believe in was invented by human madness, like all gods are, according to Zarathustra. And I completely agree with this. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you should be able to create your own gods, but I think you should be your own god, really. Huh. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's very self-empowering. And, yeah, and kind of body positivity. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get to that because that's actually a big theme. Yeah, of this uh, this here chapter. But let's keep on going. Um, so uh, Zarathustra he went to this mountain and he stayed there for ten years. Uh, and up there, the ghost of his god left him. And now, to Zarathustra, it would be suffering and torture to believe in a god. And now he wants to address the. People who still have a God, those that believe in a world behind. He argues that what leads to the creation of gods and worlds behind is suffering and weariness and a desire to just jump ahead to the final thing, the ultimate, to break on through to the other side, yes. as someone once said, and cross over into that other world. All this despair over the earth and the body that these people feel it's all coming from the body itself, he says. Yeah. It's all coming from within them. It's not really a world behind. But this other world, he says, is well concealed from humans. That dehumane, unhuman world that is a heavenly nothing. What a sentence. Yeah, heavenly nothing, that's a good word. Yeah, dehumane, unhuman world. Can you even imagine a world that isn't human? I mean, I could imagine places that, that were fairly untouched by humans. I think that'd be, uh, be probably a pretty nice place. Hmm. Yeah. Perhaps to, uh, to govern. Oh, well, uh, so this heavenly nothing, it does not speak to the humans. What they believe to be coming from this world behind actually comes from humanity itself. It is an I, you know, like the sense of being, the personal presence and consciousness and identity. And this creating, willing, valuing I, that is the measure and value of things. This I is honest and it wants the body and gets better at finding words and praise for the body. Zarathustra learned from this I to stop 
burying his head in the sands of heavenly things and instead embraced the earth and the body. Zarathustra wants to teach this to other people. He wants to uh, to skip them ahead. Yeah. To the final thing. Uh, like a... Uh, like they want themselves, but uh, but not in the bad way that they want. He's he spent ten years on a mountain, so you don't have to. Yeah, he uh, he sat on a mountain for your sins, like a true uh, savior figure. Yeah, but don't believe in a savior figure. No, no, that's weak. Exactly, that's pathetic. Yeah, don't do it. Zarathustra wants to teach his knowledge to other people. They shouldn't behave like the sick and the dying who believe in a world behind. They were the ones who despised body and earth and invented the heavenly realm and its redemption. They wanted to escape their misery and suffering, so they invented their sweet poison, the idea that a happier existence awaited them in heaven. And he thinks this is really stupid. He's sort of a, a realist in some ways. Yeah, it's very it's a very realistic book. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Zarathustra is quite harsh, I think, when he describes these uh, sick and uh, maribun, as he calls them. Good he word. Says, oh, yes, yes, good words. Just listen to this uh, this snatch of Zarathustriness with all the great words. <clears throat> from their bodies and this earth they imagined themselves transported these ingrates yet to what did they owe the spasms and rapture of their transports to their bodies and to the earth but he claims to be gentle with the sick yeah I don't like this guy's bedside manner no he's, he's an unkind nurse yeah he shouldn't become a doctor no please don't go to medical school no takes a long time to yeah but uh he's not angry with those who are as you call it sick and still believe in a god but he does wish that they would get wiser and better so he uh i guess he's sympathetic to the sickness of yes having a god yes he's been there been there done that he claims that there has always been many that are sick among the people that long for god and that they hate those who understand and they also hate honesty, which is apparently the youngest of all the virtues, according to Thustri. Apparently it is. They long for the dark ages of the past, and they consider doubt to be a sin. But Zarathustra argues that what they believe in the most isn't redemption and worlds behind, but indeed the body itself, like Zarathustra does. Yeah, well, he, he talks a lot about it. Yeah. yeah he kind of gets on and on about it. Yeah, but to them, the body is... We, I don't really think we have to, uh, to to get through it all, do we? I mean, it, it's going to take a long time. I, I just have a few more notes. I mean, we need, to, we need to get to the meat of this episode. Oh you, oh, you prefer the He-Man part? Oh, yeah, very much. But the beauty of this concept is like the marriage of the two. Like the... Yes, and like in, in any good union, there's, there's a good one, and there's a strong part, and there's the, there's the weaker one to serve. I'll take it you don't like the European Union, then. I don't like uh, any human union. Well, uh, but to them the body is the sickly thing that they most of all want to leave behind. And for that reason they focus on the preaching of death and worlds behind. Instead of doing this... I mean, Sarah, I mean you're, you're kind of preaching right now. I, I just want to get this out, uh, out here. But okay, I'll just... Uh, get on with it. I'll just uh, draw out the headlines here. Good. 
Zarathustra encourages people to, to listen to the voice of the healthy body, a more honest and purer voice this is. So uh, the headline of it all is like body positivity. Don't believe in, uh, in weird worlds and stuff, but enjoy your body. Yes, believe in um, yourself. Be in contact with your body and the real world. Don't see your body as something bad that should be conquered. Don't conquer it. You're not going to get a greater mind by denying your body. He says that believing in a God and a heaven arises from a disgust within the body and the world, a desire to leave it behind. The focus on the world behind of a God comes from those that are sick and dying, and it only leads to seeing the body as sick and undesirable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Um, so basically, yeah. not a Jesus freak, this no. Zarathustra. He guy. is not a big fan of the church. So uh, now we get to your thing, okay? The He-Man episode. That's that's why we're here. Yes, to talk about Zarathustra and He-Man and the deep and intricate connections between the two that we are somewhat convinced are there. There are definitely connections. Yeah. So uh, do you want to uh, maybe summarize this episode three of He-Man called Colossal Awakes? Well, I, I would definitely like to, yeah. It, uh, it begins... With the Skeletor having having invented this uh, this energy trans transverter, the collector, yes. collector, an energy converter, yeah, and um, he he has uh, put this in his flying ship, his magnificent uh, flying machine, and he flies it all the way to the royal palace where we meet Man at Arms and Orko who are having a game of chess. Yes, yes, and they. It's curious with those two; they keep hanging out in like a social setting, but they seem to really hate each other and keep fucking each other up and it's it's, it's strange i don't it's, know it's, it's rivalry it may it improves them both oh you think uh competition is the the way to success is it competition you know uh steel sharpen steel and such well I'm, I'm i'm more on leaning towards the side of uh community and mutual uh mutual aid sort of uh way to uh to, to improving oneself but uh, i guess you can have your point of view and i can have mine Yes, and mine is right. Sure, okay. Anyway, they're having a game of chess, and this is uh, this is when Skeletor uses his uh, converter to to shoot a laser-looking thing at them. Yes, and uh, Man at Arms and the rest of the gang, He-Man gang, they they defend, and it, it is a battle. It is a big battle. Big, big battle. Yeah, and it turns out this converter it turns people into stone, and stone into living stone. I presume. Living stone, I presume. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of a, that's amazing technology right there. Oh yes, it's so. a very very cheap way to produce statues. Yeah, if you're willing to pay with a few human lives for uh, oh, for your art, what Michelangelo wouldn't have given for that ray. Oh exactly. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, there's a there's a battle, and it turns out uh, stone turns into living things, and uh, He Man and the rest of the gang have a one off with some stony guys. And there's more battle. There's more, more battle. Fight, more fighting. More fighting. And, but uh, uh, I, I guess, just coming off or right off the bat, I assume it would be very hard for the good guys to defeat Skeletor and his evil, evil, powerful technology, right? Uh, not really. Oh no, no, not. I mean, they don't. It doesn't seem like they're they're really giving it. They're all in their effort. Yes, and that's uh, kind of the crux of this episode. The yeah. big thing, because. Everything is extremely easy for He-Man this time around. Yeah, I guess it comes with all his power. Yeah, but it's even more than usual. 
it's like really a maybe he was uh, maybe he was you know having an off day he was kind of tired of the the whole cycle of uh, Skeletor attacking and oh, yes. him defending and winning in the end maybe he was uh, he was kind of seeking something else out of life yeah they are kind of stuck in a sort of uh, codependent cycle of abuse but i'd say uh, it's probably he man who's a dependent one yeah well they sort of uh, lean on each other for for uh... and steel shot and steel yeah okay okay yeah, Com- yeah. Competition. I, I guess I see your point. He-Man exactly. has uh, achieved a higher state of being by competing with the Skeletor. Exactly. He wouldn't be as great as everyone uh, believes he is if uh, if it wasn't for Skeletor. Yeah, and I guess by being uh, just capable of defeating any opposition with no uh, no problems this time around, maybe he has achieved sort of like an overhuman uh, an overhuman state. And and on the other hand, Skeletor keeps being beaten and, and you know keeps pushing technology further and further i mean this is amazing inventions he comes with yeah i you you make some good arguments for this episode but counterpoint fucking sucks bro <laughs> that's not a very good point no but it but it it is true because this episode is really sloppy it's just a uh, like the the pacing is all wrong and the structure it has like the ending climax three times in a row and uh a third of the way in, they defeat Skeletor, and he just goes and make another opposition. It's well, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of, of strategy and warfare. Anyway, to to jump right back in the action, uh, He-Man and Teela, Teela jumps on a, on a flying scooter thing and attacks the ship of, of Skeletor. Uh, and uh, Skeletor shoots him down with his laser beam thing. And they crash land in the most gentle and... Uh, it's not very dramatic crash <laughs> no, it's just... Lightly floating down. Yeah, they, they they all float down there. Like all the other opposition in this episode is just <laughs> way too too little. It's kind of a, a breeze for them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the good guys they they eventually chase off Skeletor and defeat all the the, the statues become living. Yeah, and it seems like they've basically won a third of the way into the episode. Yeah, ex- except of course for Man at Arms and and certain other characters, unnamed characters, I think. Who's become stonified? Yeah, Man at Arms is pretty stoned. Yeah, I mean he's just he's just stoned. He can't he can't even do anything. He's completely yeah. incapable of doing anything. Except eating Cheetos. He can't even eat Cheetos. Oh, it's the bad kind of stone. Yes, it's the worst kind of stone. Oh no, he's on a bad trip. It's it's so stoned that, that they have to find out how to get him unstoned again. And uh, the the queen, Miss Glenn, I believe. Yes, yes. Malena Glenn, as we all know, the, the magical queen from the space world. No, it's just Malena Glenn. Yeah. She uses her Earth science powers to to find out that if this stonification isn't reversed, it would then... Uh, yes, if by sundown, if they haven't reversed this stonification, uh, it's permanent. It's very, very classical um, fairy tale stuff. Yeah, and it's also a classical uh, screenwriting thing. Mm. It's again clock. Yep. If you don't do this by then, oh, thing bad. So, of course, He-Man and Tila, they have to go and, and they have to go to their sorcerers. Yeah. Yes. But what do you just think about this earth science? Uh, I don't know how much uh, schooling you've had, but from the the science education I've had, I haven't uh, learned much about uh, Dean's stonification. Well, neither have I, but I believe the humans of this this uh, He-Man universe, they wouldn't send uh, an idiot to space. They would send the brightest and best to go out and do science in space and apparently become queen of some land somewhere. Well, it does sound tempting to send off some idiots to space. 
I know a few idiots I would like to send to space, but I, I get your point. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous. Uh, rationally, let's send people who can who can handle themselves and figure stuff out. And spaceships are pretty expensive, so uh, exactly. so uh, if you're not just shooting people into space with like a big trebuchet, oh. I guess you would send some smart people into yeah. to like a spaceship. So uh, yeah, Marlena Glenn knows what's up. She is incredibly smart, forefront of technology. She is the queen. Then it's only smart people who've become queens in the past. Yes, like uh, Beyonce. Exactly. Anyway, she she finds out you have to uh, go and de-stone him by sundown, or else Man at Arms is going to be Stone at Arms. Ooh. So they have to go to see the sorceress because the sorceress obviously knows uh, what, what the cure would be. Everything. She knows everything. She knows everything. I mean, she she knows what the cure for for cutting edge technology stonification is. Yeah, you'd almost think that uh, she had went to science school. Perhaps she's been schooled the uh, same place as Skeletor. With his, uh, he makes the technology and she, she uh, knows. Skeletor is pretty uh, good at um, his job. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's not really a job. He's just uh, like a loser trying to just schmooze his way into well, a little bit of power. But uh, nah, I mean, No, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a loser. I mean, he's he's inventing all these amazing things, and 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 I think that if they only gave him a chance to to really show what he could do with all the amazing power. Okay, yeah. Anyway, defensive on the side of uh, Skeletor. I mean, you shouldn't call him a loser. I mean, he's got all these henchmen. He's got Beastie. But they hate him. They all want to take his power from that him. That is the the crux of being a henchman. You have to hate your master. You have to constantly be plotting against him. Well, if he was a good leader, if he had management skills. Is he obviously has management skills. He just doesn't use them in the in the name of. of he uses them for, for himself. <laughs> yeah, I guess he manages himself rather well. He manages others rather well. I mean, nobody has toppled his power yet. Sure, he's a pretty they, good manager. He's just not not using it for for the good of others. Well, I, I do think he's kind of harassing Beastman by calling him uh, like Beastie. I mean, that's just that's just how to keep him in place. It's cute, but uh, I mean, that's how Beastie knows that he he will not take power any day soon yeah but um i think maybe we could just uh sort of skim through the rest of this episode because it's not really that interesting um that's that's some good things yeah but not really anything if you want to know more you can just watch it but it don't i recommend it's that it's, it's not good i recommend everybody watch it i mean of course all your all your listeners are watching and, and reading along but mainly watching along i i really don't know if they are I don't know if anybody's listening except for the guy who, who apparently hates the show. So You should hate on him. You should take your revenge on him. Oh, it's dark. Perhaps you should consider being dark once in a while. Hmm. Come to the dark side. Well, I, actually, I have been sort of considering this whole thing with, like, watching He-Man. I mean, there's some good stuff in the book. I, uh, I kind of dig Nietzsche's uh, vibe sometimes, but I, I think... He-Man is sort of sloppy, and I, I actually don't know exactly what I was expecting it to be. But it's—I mean, you are—you obviously expecting it to be as magnificent as it obviously is. You just—you just don't exactly see it yet. I mean, you just have to get a bit more indoctrinated. What? I mean, you just have to see it the right way. Is, is what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. right. But uh... you have to really get into it. I guess I can give it a few more episodes, but I—I I, I am considering whether to sort of. Uh, revamp this show and maybe try to, try to make it he- all He-Man, perhaps. No, more like uh, in the opposite direction. I was thinking. So even more He-Man. No. 
Anyway, He-Man goes to to see the sorceress, and uh, well, she just obviously knows what to do. Goes find these five jewels. Yes, go on a dangerous, dangerous quest. Yes. She makes it sound like it's, it's going to be extremely difficult. You will walk through fire before you get these. And oh no, this is going to be so hard. Yeah, it sounds dangerous, dramatic. Yeah, but is it? Not really. I mean, no, he, no. he just goes in and then he Indiana Jones some fire yeah, jewels yeah. and then he lightly jogs away from lava. I mean, it's almost as if, you know, have we have this collect- we could have a collective memory of him yawning through it all. I'm not entirely convinced that there isn't like a like a, a little nap sequence yeah. somewhere in between there. Well, um, and uh, in the end, he gets the jewels. Yep. And uh, like the the big muscular man he is, he crushes the jewels into a fine powder with his big fists. I mean, he gets jewels. There's some lava. He jumps over it, jogs away, comes back. In the meantime, Orko has been turned into stone as well. Oh yeah, that's called uh, that's like a moment for for raising the stakes. Yeah. But it doesn't really work because nobody gives a shit about Orko. Uh, actually, it only made the show better. Yeah. Yeah. But all this, all this hubbub that uh, that the dear Skeletor he caused, it was all a distraction. I, I tell you. Oh yes, yes, yes. A, like a, I don't know if it's a B plot or just a, another plot. Or... It was the it was the, the actual plot all along because oh, he yes. had he had to apparently he had to distract He Man so that he could go to to to, to the giant statue, the Colossor. Yes, here we get the titular Colossor and awaken it. It's just a big stone guy. It's a giant ass statue sitting on a giant ass stone. Yeah, just chilling there. And of course, Skeletor can reverse the ray so he can make a living stone. So he, he uses it. He reverses the ray. He has a beast man. But it takes it. a while. It takes a long, <laughs> it takes like 10 minutes of, yes. of this 30 minute episode. So while He-Man is on a quest, Skeletor is just watching a ray shoot at a stone. Mm-hmm. So he's he's having fun. Yeah, but but when, when this giant stone uh, colossal finally awakes, he goes, who awakens I, colossal? And, and, and finally, we find out something crucial about the show. Oh, yes. Because yes. uh, let's set this up. The show, of course, is called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. But who are these Masters of the Universe? Well, we find out now. Yeah. Because Skeletor goes, ah, it is I, Skeletor, Master of the Universe. Yes, so it was him all along. Same all along. But, um, yeah, what happens more? Uh, Colossal attacks Castle Grayskull. Yeah. Um, the good guys find out and go smash up Colossal. Yeah, I mean, they, they de-stone all their friends, including Orko. <sighs> Damn it. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, and then they go meet Colossal. They just flip him over and with a almost, yeah, with a light punch, He-Man uh, crumbles. Uh, the giant Colossal. Which is, uh, of course, great sadness. Think of how much time it's, that's gone into making this giant statue and He-Man just destroys it. Yeah, it really is kind of disrespectful. He doesn't appreciate art. They do destroy a lot of art in this episode. Yeah. All the good guys. Yeah. And meanwhile, the bad guy creates art by turning people into stone. Yeah. So I guess point to Skeletor, art conservation. Yeah, did not expect him to. Uh, and he, he, I mean, it's not just art. He uses art for something good. I mean, uh, yeah, he actually finds practical use for for something as magnificent as colossal. Yeah, and you know, um, like uh, in classic storytelling, you want the the hero after the story to face adversity and like uh, like go up against challenges and have to prove himself and that sort of stuff. So. From that perspective, I guess Skeletor would be the hero of the story. But... He's the hero of the story, definitely. Well, not definitely, but from a certain point of view. From, from, from the right point of view. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay, but I guess that's basically it. Oh, no. 
we got another ending. Yes, of course. Like, like the third ending, yeah. because Skeletor shows up again. Again. Oh, it's not over yet. No, no, he mad. Final battle. No, oh, he's battle. just pushed away. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not that big of a final battle, actually. No, he just... He-Man does the Star Wars trick of shooting a laser back with a sword. Yeah, and, there was uh, a plastic thing he put on the thing, and then the laser was a new laser. And, yeah, yeah, and a thing, and a thing, and a thing. So he's, he's uh, inventing other inventions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with all this said and done, what is the moral of the story? What do we learn? Because in all He-Man episodes, at the end, we get a little lesson where one of the characters that were important to this episode speak directly to the camera and say what yes. to take away from this. And what do we take away from this episode? Uh, something about uh, safety around volcanoes, perhaps? Yeah, and maybe, uh, maybe like uh, protecting art. Yes, yes, protecting art. Don't play with the lasers that you don't know what to do. Yeah, don't look into lasers. Don't look at lasers. Oh, so many potential lessons. Yeah. So many things we could take away from this episode. But what do we take away? Exercise. Yes, and, and talking to doctors. Yes. Because we get a Tila and He-Man going for a little stroll, a little run, yeah, run a, a little jog. jog. Yeah. He's jogging again. And uh, they talk a lot while running. Yeah. I don't think, know if that's good for exercise. but um, I mean, they, they can't be running that fast if they... No, it's a light jog. Yeah. Um, and they are very uh, insistent that uh, before you run anywhere, you should check with the doctor. Yeah. So they it's like... Trying uh, to boost the doctor's economy. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, if you go to a doctor, don't choose Zarathustra as your... Physician, nope. He'll just tell you to fuck off because you're sick and moribund. Yep. He'll ask you if you believe, and you'll say yes, and he'll go shit off you. Yeah. Make you into an overhuman. Overhuman, which sounds like a good thing, but might not be a good thing in in his. Uh... It's hard to tell what it's like to be an overhuman. Yeah. It seems like just a weird, vague state of bliss. Yeah. But uh, it's, it sounds like all the fun is had by the humans. I mean, I always uh, consider myself an overhuman, but I'm oh. not this kind of overhuman, I can tell you. Oh, you, oh, you consider yourself better? I consider myself much, much better, but uh, but not better in, in the Zarathustrian way. Okay. Well, I guess that's enough about that uh, that plot. That was a stupid episode. But um, Oh, no, it's amazing. Work of art. Uh, well, Work of art about art. I agree to disagree. Um, so what in the holy hell was that episode about? Let's do some little analysis here. I mean, I mean, we could we could take an ad break, of course. No, I'm not going to do ad breaks. I think I I, I, I think I'm done with uh, sponsorships. I mean, I could sponsor you. We could uh, we could have a oh, action figure line of, of Siegfried and uh, Southustra. Mm. Well, I would look good in plastic, but uh, yeah. I'm not sure that it's uh, it's the right thing to do. Of course, it would be the right thing to do. It action figure lines is the only way to. It's the it's the whole Star Wars economy. I guess a big part of the economy runs on action figures. Don't but, uh, you want that sweet action figure money? No, 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 no. Of course you do. No, 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 no. Everybody does. No, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty, but not that pretty. Well, perhaps you should go on social media. Well, I have told my uh, my, my little uh, of circle TikTok? of Facebook. Hmm? Ever heard of TikTok? It's the Chinese thing. Yeah. That's where the real money is made. You could be an amazing TikTok influencer. No, I mean, you're kind of tall that everybody would look up to you. I mean, you would be an overhuman already over there. Mm. Think about it. Think about the kind of power you would wield over there. No, no, no. I, 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 you're distracting me. We, we, we need to get into this analysis. I am not distracting you. I'm focusing you on what's important. So He-Man has, has themes of uh, like turning into stone, almost being lost, frozen, unmovable. It's... It's like a depression almost. Perhaps, it also has yeah, 
also has themes of easily overcoming adversity and exercise. Zarathustra has... Don't need to think about that. Uh, uh, no, no, well, no, this is not important. What's important Zarathustra is how we has... grow this podcast, how you grow this podcast. You should really think about where no, you can no, take this. No, no, no. Yes, no, you have no, no. something of real value here. No, no, no. I, I mean, I would like for more listeners to come aboard and follow along, maybe read and watch along, but I, I mean... I mean I've come to face the fact that I'm not in this for the money. I am, maybe I'm sort of addicted to podcasting, if you will, but um, I'm doing it mostly for my own pleasure and for the fun of it and for the for the enjoyment of the casual listener. I don't feel like I need to promote it that much. If Think somebody... about how much leisurely podcasts you could make if you monetize this and it grew big. Because it will, I tell you, it will grow big. I have faith in this podcast and I have faith in you. I think you can go places with this. Especially if you go on TikTok and become an influencer. A He-Man influenced influencer. Well, I mean, I do appreciate your your faith in me. Uh, it's more than just faith, my friend. It's fate. Okay, you're, you're kind of going from hype man to uh, to, <laughs> to maniac here. I, I have a weird gleam in your eye. If I'm gleaming, it's only because of you. It's because I see the future. I see your future. And it is grand, I tell you. It is magnificent. You are shining. I see your face and my face on billboards everywhere. And He-Man everywhere. He-Man shall be as big. It shall be even bigger than it's ever been before. Oh, yes. You kind of scare me. I see the future and you. Your name is everywhere. Are you really sweaty? Yes, I'm sweaty with excitement. Excitement for all the money you will make from this. Dude, you have like a purple gleam about you. Are you sure you're okay? Purple is the most royal of colors. It's the best. Well, uh... No one will ever keep me down. I don't quite know how to, to react to all that. What you should do as a reaction is you should monetize this. I mean, I will do ads for you. I will... I will make ads I will I will sponsor you I will sponsor you with money and not, not jewels and happiness and women I will sponsor you with women if you want them and men if you're interested in that sort of thing I, I don't any anything you want That's, you, if you want a, a pet tiger that you can dress up even if it doesn't want to animal abuse we're, we're cool with everything here or maybe we're not I mean gotta gotta get that woke segment as well <laughs> Dave you're you're kind of scaring me. We, we, but we're actually in the in the heat of an analysis right here, so I think we should... Well, I'm indefinitely in some kind of heat, and you should be too. The heat of commercialism. Think of where we can take this. Well, it, both, both in Zarathustra and in He-Man, there's sort of a theme of a, a healthy body and exercise and body positivity. Yes, and how do you get that? Through money. And don't believe in a God and worlds behind. You don't believe in other worlds. Believe in there's, yourself. There's nothing but this world here. Believe in this world and what you can make of it. What you can turn it into with your own power, my friend. And the power you shall gain from it. And the other worlds, what you shall turn them into as well. And I'm not just talking about colonizing Mars here. I'm talking about colonizing everywhere. We shall turn everything into Sifel. But there are no other worlds. That's the entire point of this Zarathustra chapter. There's only the, this, like the earth and the body. And Eternia and all of those places. We shall take them all and we shall make them into places of capitalism and civil commercialism. We shall make commercials and advertisements and, and everything's going to be commercial. I mean, you will not even be able to drink tap water without it, having your name written on it. We shall write your name in the skies, on the earth, in the core of the earth, and the sun. Your sun shall have your name on it. 
Every sun shall have your name on it. Oof. All of the suns, my friend, I tell you, we shall make great things of this and every other world there is. Oh, oh God, I, I get, I got a headache. I, I feel nauseous and sick, and I don't think it's just... Just the thrill of the power that is coming to you through me, my friend. I can take you to the heights where you belong. I hope I haven't gotten corona or something, but I think it's just your, like... We are, you're not contaminated, are you? No, I'm only contaminated with excitement for you and what we will bring this podcast to. Oh. The heights, the power. We shall make this podcast into another state, a superpower in this world. We shall take it. We shall conquer it, if you will, and we shall mold it on your image. The entire world will have a beard sort of weird like you. Okay, Dave, Dave, have, Dave, 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 listen. See, this is all the kind of stuff that I don't like, that I... That I feel like rejecting. That's just the weaker part of you. Oh my Reject God. the weakness within yourself. Oh my God. But uh, Don't believe in gods. Believe in me and yourself. Well, when, when Zarathustra said don't believe in gods, I don't think he meant believe in your friend Dave instead. Believe in yourself and what I, what I can bring you to. I mean, I mean... If only you could see what I see. But I mean... I can show you the world. Ah, uh, this episode has gone off the rails and I... I think you're the problem, Dave. I'm, I'm sorry. I, we, I know we just met and it's presumptuous of me. It's just, this show usually works much better. I think, I, I'm really missing Henrik. I hope he'll be back. Ah, I will not let you squander this opportunity that I've given you like you've wasted everything else in your life. Dave, you're getting more purple by the minute. I cannot, I cannot bear to, to hide my power levels anymore. It is I, Skeletor! Yes, Sifal, it is I. I have what? come here to bring you to the grander. But you're fictional. No, I am very real, my friend. And I am as real as we shall make this. Yes, I have come to promote you to show you the power that we shall obtain together. How did you get here? I got here through a portal. A portal that was opened many ages ago. A portal that has been closed and, and tiny and very difficult to get through, especially if you're as buff as me. But uh, I got through. I got through because you, you and this podcast, with this podcast, you have opened it a bit more. What? Yes. You talking and watching He-Man has opened the portal to Eternia a bit more. And I have come through to to grow this podcast so we can get it can get even bigger. So I can bring my entire army of henchmen and beasties through. So Take the power here, and we shall bring it to Eternia, and we shall have the power of both worlds, of every world. It shall be the best of both worlds, if you will, my friend. Yes. <laughs> well, that's actually a good Star Trek episode. Oh, no, 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 no. This is absolutely insane. What the fuck? How are you? And, and Dear listener, you can't see this, but he's getting really, like, purple and... It is my true self that's shining through this this disguise. The pretty face that he presented, it has rotted away, and he's just... even prettier face. He's just a skeleton now. Lack of a face, it's beautiful. Oh, uh, you're much better with the nose. Oh, no, no. Now you can see directly into my giant brain. Yes. Anyway, now that you see the truth and know that I've seen the future with my magical science and stuff, now you know that it is fate that has brought us together. Fate and me. I've seen the future, and it is murder. I reject you. No! Skeletor, I would never help you. Haven't you heard anything I've said on this podcast? I've never killed anyone intentionally. What? No, I mean, I won't help you. Why Why are you even telling me all this? Why aren't you just, like, killing me or something? Uh, I, I guess it's a villain in me. And it's because you, you and this podcast, you are the key to my power. Join me in the dark side, the purple side, actually. And I shall give you Earth. 
and I will reign over the rest. I will be the master of the universe. Together we shall be the masters, the master and the vessel of the universe. Yes. <laughs> but you said, wait a minute. Okay. You said that you came here through a portal that opened up wide enough because I was podcasting about yes, E-Man. Yes. So if I stop podcasting, the portal goes away and you're done for. No, my friend, there's no going back now. There's only more widening of it. So you must keep going. I'll, I'll stop podcasting. I'll stop completely. We both know that you can't stop podcasting. Okay, but It's I'll... more than addiction. It's your personality. It's a lifestyle. Hey, don't king shame. But I'll stop talking about He-Man. I am inevitable. This is fate. I am... You're full of shit, Skeletor. No, I'm full of bones. I reject you, Skeletor. Fuck you. I reject you and your doggy dog rules. Go back to where you came from, you fiend, you villain, you evil, evil man. What? Oh, no one defies Skeletor. What the fuck? Did Dave, I mean, Skeletor has become almost two-dimensional and roughly hand-drawn. I, 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 what? I don't know what to believe. I... Well, what do you have to say for yourself? This has got to be some kind of optical illusion or a trick of some kind. This cannot possibly be the real Skeletor. There is only one Skeletor, master of the universe, and I command you. Oh, hell no you don't. I'm not helping you do shit, no matter how purple you get. Step forward. Skeletor has come for you. Join forces with me. Together we will rule. Your strength would be of great use to me in my conquest of this planet. Flattery will get you nowhere. I will never help you. Oh, you will. You will. <laughs> Fuck you, Skeletor. No one defies me and gets away with it. I will beat you, yes. You will never beat me, and you will never get to invade Earth. I will make sure of it. I will find a way. You will not win, Skeletor. Maybe not this time, but I'll be back. Count on it! Oh, oh, he's going. He's running away. This portal should take me where I want to go. He's going through the portal. It's right over there. The, the portal is right over there. I'll be back to have vengeance. So swears, Skeletor! And oh, he's gone. Oh, thank God. Whew. What the hell was all that about? I am completely uh, flabbergasted. I mean, I'm shaking. I mean, what the fuck? I wish you guys could have seen that. It was like super freaky and messed up to look at. He was like two-dimensional, but also like semi-three-dimensional. Oh, God, I wish Robo Henrik was here to help me make sense of all this shit. I mean... Like, he doesn't make much sense himself, but at least he could help me process all of this information. Oh, God, I think I need to lie down. I need to figure out where we're going to go from here. 
I, I feel like I should quit this show right here, right now on the spot, but what if you can still cross through that weird portal? Okay, uh, this episode is over. When Robo Hendrik returns, we will try to find a solution to this really unexpected problem together. I, I, I mean, I, I thought it would be harmless for me just to do a little podcast about Thus Spoke Zarathustra and He-Man, but now the fate of the Earth is at stake, and I may be the only one who can do anything about it. I'm not sure that I'm cut out to be that kind of a hero, but I guess this is the big test, so I've got to find out if I can rise to this challenge and finally become an overhuman. Okay, talk to you later. Bye.